0: Welcome to the Planet Sober Radio Podcast, the official podcast of the Planet Sober Facebook community. And now, your hosts, Brandon and
1: Sober Joe. Welcome to Planet Sober Radio Podcast. I'm Brandon. My name's Sober Joe.
2: I'm Jade,
1: And we're three crazy fucks from Chicago who actually give a fuck. And today we have a special guest here. A special person I met in the rooms, um... Uh, Holds a very near and dear space in my heart, if that's the correct term. Here's Therese.
3: How's it going, guys? I'm Teresa.
2: Ooh, <laughs> too bad we don't have uh, video.
4: <laughs> Hi Teresa.
2: She's a looker. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: We're, we're we're I think we're getting a little mic shy in front of her now. <laughs> no,
2: I'm not mic shy. I'm gonna keep going. Oh, we know that. <laughs> uh, you.
1: but uh the, the special thing that we're gonna do today is us three guys are going to ask Teresa some questions on the women's side of addiction. And she's the perfect person for it because she is honest. She's like one of the most honest people that I know in this program. Real. And
3: I'm very She'll give real. it to you
1: straight, and that's what we want.
2: She whipped out the big book as soon as she sat at the it's table. Like the, it's like <laughs> the holy grail Be me. gone, <laughs> you men. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question. Yes. You come to the meetings. Mm-hmm. What is, like, on your mind, what's the biggest concern?
3: For me or for other people? For you. For me? um, Women's point of view. Women's point point of view. Going to meetings. I don't know. I guess my biggest concern would be just, you know, all the drugs and alcohol and shit is out of my system. It's been out for, what, 164 days? And once you get that shit out of your system, you learn to, like, live life differently, you know? Just trying to manage shit without drugs and alcohol that was always my go-to always always not it didn't fucking matter the day didn't matter Weather, nothing mattered. i mean i love to get fucked up i still i mean i feel i feel the shit like running through my veins and living this way is more beautiful you know you get to enjoy things
4: if i might ask a little background about yourself were you born in chicago
3: yes i was born and raised rogers park Ooh. North Northside. Right. Both my parents were cops. My dad was a Chicago cop, 34 years. My mom was a Cook County Sheriff for 26 oh, wow. years.
2: Guess where Jade's from? <laughs> Rogers Park. Who, really? <laughs> Guess Who? where Jade was a gangbanger.
3: <laughs> you? And
2: a drug dealer. Where? where and had fights District? with cops. 24th District, Rogers Park. I grew up
3: uh, Howard and Western.
2: Oh, I know how oh, you were a little bit west from me. I'm from Farwell and Clark. Okay. Morris and Clark, Lutton Park, right. Park. Wow. I used to go to Howard and Western Steel when the Woolworth was there. Woolworth. Yeah, time that's there. a discovery now. The, yeah. Have you been there? Uh, I've been past there when I go to the fish keg. Oh, the fish keg. Oh, the fish oh, keg. Shit. That motherfucking oh, oh, place oh, is the bomb. Oh, 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 yes. oh, hell yeah. So you get a bag of shrimp. Fuck, who cares? Man, I go in there, it's like 32 freaking dollars.
3: Okay. So, anyway, <laughs> born and raised in Chicago. Yes. Dad was
4: a cop. Mom was a sheriff.
3: Yep. And she likes so, shrimp. That's a great. I went. I went to, I went to uh, Catholic school Did growing you? up. Okay. Yeah. St. Louis. Um, no, I, I went to St. Margaret Mary. Oh. Okay. Uh, that was a little, you know, yeah, grade no, school. It. But I would have went St. Glasgow, but parents got divorced and moved out to the suburbs. Okay. Um. Let's see. I played sports my whole life. I still do. I play. I played basketball and softball. I coach basketball now wow. for my daughter. I still play softball Wednesday nights. Hot corner, back cleanup, no big deal. Wow. <laughs> you are right. kind of
2: short to be a basketball player.
3: I play no, power forward, um, shooting forward.
2: I don't know what freaking position that's at. I like yeah. football. I'm a man's man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so then we went
4: through, we basically you grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. and your uh, parents were in law enforcement, right. and somehow or another... You know, I'm we trying to get to your story. Right. Somehow or another, drugs or alcohol came involved into the picture.
3: You know, I grew up. My dad was. I just grew up. My dad drank whiskey every day. Okay. He was functioning. I mean, completely functioning. I grew up thinking that that was completely normal. And he would wake up five o'clock, four four thirty in the morning, even if he didn't have to work. Get shit done. Always. We were always well taken care of. You know. So I mean, I grew up pouring my dad shots, and it was just like a normal thing. Mm-hmm. From To see that I think that him and my mom partied a lot When they were younger uh, Smoked weed, whatever But I remember there was like a specific situation Where my dad, uh, I found a bag of weed At Rogers Park mm. Actually, because we grew up right across From Rogers School, Rogers Park I found a bag of weed, I brought it home And I was like, is this drugs? And he was like, yeah, this is drugs He brought me to the sewer And he said something to me that like stuck with me Throughout my years, he's like He's like, I know you're going to try drugs. He's like, don't ever do angel dust, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. (laughs) And don't ever stick anything in your arm. And that, like, stuck with me. You know, 15 years old, tried weed, drinking, partied, you know, cocaine, any little thing. I mean, it was never, like, a problem. I was still functioning. Did good at school, played sports, went to beauty school after high school. And that cocaine was always around then. Ecstasy, clubbing, partying, drinking, blacking out. All completely normal because I was still functioning. Had jobs, had a car, maintained good stuff. Mm-hmm. Maintained uh, friends, family, relationships, all that shit. And then met my, he's my ex-husband now, but he was in a band, living that lifestyle, touring, going on tour with the band, always having people at our house, partying. Never, I've never been arrested till this day. Never had a traffic ticket. Oh, good for you, that's Yeah, great. and Mom. whether or not, I know that a lot of it had to do with my parents being cops. Absolutely and, you know, the smile, of course, (laughs) with cops. But uh, I got pregnant with my first daughter, and I found out when I was like a month and a half pregnant. So partying stopped, completely sober throughout the whole pregnancy. The day I had her, or the day I got out of the hospital, I was drinking a beer. And then that's when pain pills came. I had a C-section, dabbled in those. Uh, Those were like my happy go-to things, you know, Norcos, Vicodin, Nothing, nothing like heavier than that, really. And then my second daughter came, they're 10 and 7 now. My last daughter was born in 2009. And after her, I had a C-section with her too. Pain pills were a constant. Constant for like the next six years. Um, nothing really heavy. Just Vicodin, Norcos. And then when I would run out, I would take whatever I could get. You know, dollar milligram shit sounded great to me, even though it was a pill. Mm. And then so... My ex-husband, my husband at the time, he would party way harder than I would. He would always get the shit and give me what he wanted to give me. I would never go get it. I never had to do that shit. would always be, like, there when I needed it. And that's when our fighting came because, like, if he would say he ran out, I knew he was fucked up. I mean, that fight instantly. Sent him to rehab in 2013. Still married. And he went for, like, basically for pills and alcohol. Um, I was still using, at the time, pills and alcohol. And then... He got out of rehab. My youngest daughter was diagnosed with type one diabetes, which is she's 100% insulin dependent. She gets like up to 10 shots a day. Wow. There comes the plethora of needles, syringes at all times, which I didn't hit that when she was diagnosed, you know. So it was like a safe thing. But he had gotten out of the out of rehab, and uh, her being diagnosed while he was in rehab, like all my attention and dedication, like life went to her. I wasn't there for him when he got yeah, out of rehab. It was tough. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. I had my mom supporting me um 100%, but my ex-husband, he didn't know what to do when he got out of rehab. I wasn't there for him, so he found other women that were betrayal. Total. I caught him with a girl uh, that's Ooh. actually his wife now. Shit. Yeah, that's actually at the Jewel hmm. in the parking lot. Always the Jewel. Right? And we got divorced. Uh he married this woman And that like did something to me, you know, like the guy that I was with for 12 years. So that's when my using really got fucking bad because I actually turned to men, which I had never been unfaithful to my husband. I was with him for 12 years, never been unfaithful. And then I see him with another woman. So something clicked in my brain. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? So men, different men all the time. Like, I have, like, a fucking addictive personality when it comes to anything, anything, (laughs) especially men. I mean, I learned at an early fucking age to, I could get what I want through my looks just by being a girl, being outgoing, and that was never a problem for me. But I I learned how to, like, turn off any feelings of emotion with men and just use them for what I wanted, which is shitty. Drugs, sex, fucking whatever. And that backfired a couple times because I was getting drunk and fucking blacking out. There would be a couple, I guess, rape, you know? It's rape. It's rape, but seeing the AA part in it when you've got to, you know, do your fourth step and look at your part. I mean, what part is it when a girl gets raped? Your part would be not letting it go. They teach you that. No woman should ever go through that shit, but, like, I put myself in fucking positions and situations that were so dangerous. You know, drinking to the point where I black out with men that I didn't know waking up in different cities like lucky to be alive and lucky that none of these men really like hurt me hurt me you know yeah I'm lucky I never contracted any kind of fucking disease or anything like that in the meantime I've got two daughters that are still you know in my custody and um, I lived with my mom at the time and thank god for my mom she's still a huge support for me but my daughters were always well taken care of, whether or not it was from me or my mom or my ex-husband would have her have the girls on the weekends. And then along came this one specific guy that uh, was like the death of me. I mean, I lost everything. I started dating him 2015, January of 2015. And since then, I've lost everything. Everything. My daughters, all my money. I still have my car for some fucking crazy... He introduced me to the needle. Mm. So... And it was actually crazy because it was on the two-year anniversary of my dad's death that a needle was stuck in me. Wow. With cocaine, which I had done cocaine before, but you never really do a drug unless you shoot. I mean, from my fucking, from my experience is that any drug I've ever done doesn't compare to shooting no. it. No. You know? You know that Brandon, right? I know that. when I mean, you time. can eat a pill. You wait for it to just, you wait for it to drop. To be honest, the you just talking
1: about the shooting the cocaine is, yeah. I remember the most was the taste, and I'm yes. like,
3: ooh. Your face still gets numb. All you want to do is fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's my experience. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but it's true. It's the truth. Yeah. It's true. And then me and that guy were together uh, for a long time. A couple weeks after the cocaine, he got something. From one of the Mexican guys at his work, he said it was mixed with Tina, and I was like, "Ooh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what's that?" And uh,
1: first could, question, I think, can you shoot it? Right, <laughs>
3: me too, me too. We, we can't shoot it. Why do it? That was my mentality. But um, so Tina, little <laughs> did I know, meant crystal meth. That was the beginning of the end. I mean, crystal meth, uh, shooting crystal meth. That was the first time I did crystal meth. Was shooting it. I mean, there's no other feeling that i've ever felt in my life you could take cocaine ecstasy mushrooms norco oxys whatever combine them all and that's that's the euphoric feeling you get from shooting meth turned me into a different person i went to fucking i did so many shitty things turned very volatile would fight him for real he was six six two fifty and i would try to fight him got a couple ribs broken Got a scar on my leg from my knee all the way to my ass that my brain told me that there was like a surveillance system implanted in me. So I tried to cut it out. I used the key. I used the key. I used the key. I know. Wow. Um. So very abusive, but I still loved him because he was supplying me with the drugs. You know, there's wow. a crazy love that you can get from
1: drugs. I know when I when I was uh, when I first started shooting, I, I started shooting the the Roxy Collins. Like, I was with this one girl, and I think the only reason why I was with her was because her place was a safe place to go shoot up. And I didn't want nobody finding mm-hmm. out that I was using the needle because that's, like, junkie. the most disgusting all junkie, no turning back from it. <laughs> right. But when you're using the needle, you're like, wow, it's not so
3: bad. It's over and gonna... over and over? Yeah. Dude, I had a needle that I used, like, 50 times.
2: I got oh. a question. Fuck. When he introduced you to the needle. Mm-hmm. On the anniversary.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now that you're 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 clean. hmm Do you remember what you were think? Do you think anything, um, any feelings towards that anniversary played a part of oh it? Oh my
3: gosh, yeah. Like I'm I'm a believer in like karma, fate, all that shit. You know, soulmates. I'm a believer in all that shit. I actually didn't realize it because we went to the bar on the 18th of April. And the, the anniversary of my dad's death was on the April nineteenth. And so, you know, the the days turn into fucking nights, Night. nights turn into yeah. days and shit, especially when you're partying with Coke. And uh yeah, I didn't realize it until um I woke up on the nineteenth, like at like five o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, Fuck, today's a day that and my arms were all banged up because it was hard to find a vein on me the first time and mm bruised up, yeah. I mean, I've, when I realized that, that always played in my head. Don't ever stick anything in your arm and don't ever do angel dust, which I still don't know what that is.
2: It's PCP.
3: Angel dust, yes. That's, I believe, THC. No, yeah. PCP. No, it's PCP. PCP. Okay, PCP. I remember it from the movie Friday. Yeah. yeah. Smokey's in... <laughs> pigeon but <cook>, whatever. <laughs> Smokey! <and> <laughs> yeah. 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 He uh, got that tick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, uh some of the fucking most insane i could say some of the most best times when i was using dude i loved it i loved the way crystal meth made me feel i would stay up for fucking four days by the time you get to like day four i would call it yesterday, two day morrow <laughs> where all the days like yesterday tomorrow today all the days mixed into one your body just finally needs a break like I mean, I lost, like, 30 pounds probably. My mom, like, would be like, you're fucking using, you know. So right away, my tits and my ass would go. That's it, first thing, which is shame. Mm. Right. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I thought I'm, I looked I'm, great. I'm, you know, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm remain silent. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, uh... But like you, you know, like I mean, I'm talking like you don't eat anything. Like those drink. are the victims of the disease. <laughs> <laughs> the tits in the ass, yeah. and the teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I'm lucky. I still have all my teeth. I only shot meth for a year. Um,
2: yeah, I was. I was looking at your teeth. To see, oh, she yeah. didn't shoot that long. <laughs> I got them another year I didn't and pick uh, my
3: face. anything but I have like scars to prove that I was a fucking meth addict. I mean, it was terrible and. Mm-hmm. You know, when you try to eat anything, it tastes like you're licking the carp or the fucking cement. Hmm. You know, anything. <sighs> I'm talking, but then like you're, you know, your body needs something. Mm-hmm. You know, you need rest. And meth Cold isn't. Water. Uh, it's not. It's not physically addictive. It's mental. You don't. You don't get uh like heroin. You know, opiates. You're physically fucking. It, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Meth. You're fucked too because, I felt like my brain wouldn't tell me that it was so bad because i didn't get the physical withdrawals it was just mental you know like girls want to be skinny girls want to like be adventurous in the bedroom i guess you could say that which made me fucking crazy <laughs> in the bedroom yeah i did uh i did some things that i did internet webcam porn 90 dollars an hour to support the habit yeah wow wow <laughs> yeah we're getting real yeah i don't i mean it's it's something... I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever done, you know, and I'll tell my story to anybody.
2: Well, plus, if you weren't using, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have done that. Never. And you wouldn't have done that, and you wouldn't have done that, and you wouldn't have never. done that. That's why we are powerless over this disease. We were talking yeah. about the yet yeah. the other yep. day. I never, I never shot up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yep. But I will if I go back out to use
1: yeah. it. Okay. And people are like, how... I'm terrified of needles. I'll never shoot up. You know what? I was the biggest baby when it came to needles. Right. But you know what? When I was selling the shit, and I seen that everybody else was fucking getting higher than me just snorting the shit, mm. one day I'm like, all right, go ahead. You know, yeah. Just do it. And then once that happened, I was like, this is no big deal. A little needle prick. And then you get addicted to shooting everything. And I want yeah. to shoot up. I shot up Sudafed. Oh. Right.
3: Yeah, anything Just to try to, see to catch what it a
1: does. buzz. Yeah. You,
2: you need to add that to a few other things and I've put it to a cooking yeah. I've shot water before. I yes. smoke cat litter. <laughs> it looks like hey. a freaking rock. I hey. you need know, That's
3: i Zoom, baby. <laughs> I've, shot, I've shot rock salt. You know what? I mean oh. looking look, who keeps us off the floor looking for more? I mean shit. Yeah. I've shot looking in my car for crystal meth, like you know you didn't drop that big of a chunk.
2: Yeah. A you know I mean, I mean bounce, you know what happened when but when, when I
3: shot rock salt, you know what happened? Mm. I got fucking thirsty. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I mean thirsty and like <laughs> fucking sick to my stomach, yeah. but um
2: hey, hey. You got a bag of that rocks off. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I mean,
3: but like your mind plays tricks on you. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I was literally felt like I was going crazy. And I decided to go to rehab July of 2015. So I was only shooting from April, April, May, June, July. Four months. That's all it takes. Dude, I lost 30 pounds. I didn't lose my kids yet. I decided to go to rehab. What I,
2: brought that about? You, so, you know, something, something happened and yeah. you're like... Fuck this. I need to get to rehab.
3: Yeah. I think it was my mom and my sister and my best friend had, like, an intervention kind of thing. And they were like, we know you're fucked up. You know, we don't know exactly what you're doing. Because I was so, I mean, I was so just out there. Like, I was up for days. I must have looked like hell. I thought I looked fucking great. You know? (laughs) Shit. Um... I wish I, I mean, I do have some pictures of like full blown but um. It's so funny you mention
1: that because I was going through my computer and there's pictures of me when I was in total active addiction where yeah. I thought I was looking good. Oh, yeah. That looked like, looked like literally there's like a scar on my fucking, or a cut on my head, and. Right. I haven't shaved in like six
2: days, yeah. and. Bush the hair, but physical. I I was so good. The physical. I knew you would eat a piece of that pizza.
3: It's good pizza. I knew you would.
2: Mm. There's more. In fact, you keep talking. I'll go get some and bring them over bad. Right.
3: <laughs> um. So, yeah, what brought me to that point? I don't know. It was just, like, the reality of people knowing what I was doing. And my, I actually...
1: When the secret's
3: out. Yeah. Almost. But they didn't know exactly what I was doing. Yeah, you don't
1: um, play, it. oh, I'm only snorting it. Right. Or, but,
3: no, they didn't even know the drug I was doing, really. Oh, they really? They thought it was just, like... Uh, any drug, crystal meth is not around here, especially suburban Chicago. Moms don't don't uh, do crystal too. meth. It's not prevalent. You know, it's a lot in the gay community. Down south, right down you south. Crystal meth. Yeah, but it's common, dude, and people are gonna be like fucking zombies.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I did a meth once, and as in California, I was detoxing because I was out there doing a job, and uh, this Filipino guy next door was smoking meth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'll try that But I really didn't feel nothing off of it So I'm glad that was shitty meth
3: Yeah, I never, I mean First time I did it, it was Shot into me So once you go there, it's like Mm. Smoking it's like nothing,
1: you know And it's funny how the addiction plays too Because I think about Now, why didn't I just take some of that and shoot it? Right I didn't feel it. That right. was like a waste. It's like, why? I should be glad. Right. Oh, my but God. But the addiction yeah. part of your brain will trick you and be right. like, you should have done it this way. Or I right. would always think of instances where I missed and I was real sick or I spilt my shit when I was real sick. Like mm-hmm. a couple 4th of Julys ago, I was dead broke. I got enough money for one Dilaudin. And oh, I hell. put in a Gatorade cap. I My rigs fell out of my pocket, so I put the Gatorade cap on top of the paper towel dispenser I'm walking around looking for my rig, saying, Oh, I hope nobody finds something. And I find them, I come in, I forget it's in the cap, and I spill the shit all over. And I was just like, That's always in my head, that feeling of being sick and knowing that all oh, my shit's gone. Right. And I spent like hours just to oh, get yeah. that one pill. Hours, like six hours. That's like hours. the most
3: depressing.
1: Part we did about.
2: say this is a graphic show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, sorry, guys. Okay.
2: You know what we're
3: talking about. No, but, um, you, you know what? I feel like, too, in, in certain meetings and stuff, I love going to meetings. I go every single day. That's a great slice. That's, a, that's the money. Um, that's the money. You know, like, people people get upset sometimes about war stories and stuff. You know, if you're glamorizing the shit, but, like, if you're actually realizing, like, I don't know, I like to hear what people have done. I like to hear not necessarily war stories to, like, glamorize the shit, but, reflecting. like, yeah, reflecting, and I feel like... Well, almost
1: validates why you think the way you think, because you're like, right. right. I think the same way, too. Right. I thought I was just, like, fucked up way of thinking. Maybe I'm not over this, but it's an addiction playing tricks on you. Right.
2: That's one thing I like about AA and C, <coughs> as opposed to NA. NA doesn't want to hear all that. They want to hear about the solution for today. Well, you know what? Sorry, I, I, I need... To, I want to hear it. hmm You know? I want to know that you know right mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying who ask you? you yeah
1: and I'll admit it right now you know maybe it's not a good thing but I know I'm going to a meeting later so I'll be
3: safe we're going together I'm, yeah mm-hmm. I'm
1: sitting here I'm actually starting to Jones the palms sweating and the the heart rates elevated yeah like that act about getting high you
2: know Hmm. Mm-hmm. imagine if you were in the wrong company right now
1: right what do you mean
2: Imagine you were with some people that you thought were your friends.
1: Oh, I and, thought they, you and, and company. they're company. I'm like, and what they're, they're not work? and they're not programmed not
2: or anything like that. And you're feeling that, mm-hmm. You're gonna have no support. Yeah. But you get around like right now there's four of us sitting around here, you're in great company.
1: hmm And people will be like, You got five months and so many days, why would you feel that way? It's the addiction.
3: Fuck that. You know? People that say I don't know. I think that people that say that they don't think about it you think about using um, I'm not to that point yet
2: I don't think about using I don't get any urges to use I get urges to act on my character defects commit crimes do burglaries do insurance scams lie steal manipulate I get those all the time
3: it's a lifestyle Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to the fucking lifestyle yes you know you
1: said something earlier today no I did not that (laughs) back in the day would have been a compliment but I actually felt ashamed after you said that. That either we'd be doing the podcast together, or we'd oh, be committing—no,
2: no—we'd <laughs> be out committing crimes together.
1: And you said, right. I, "I have a feeling that you would go the full length."
2: Yeah, there's something that tells me that if we were hanging together and yeah. doing crimes, that you would be one of the guys that I, I could trust would go all the way with the crime with Yeah,
1: me? back in the day, I would have been like flattered with that, but mm-hmm. I feel ashamed nowadays.
2: Yeah, well, you should. Okay, <laughs> that's what you get, get for getting all back, all the freaking pizza. Getting
4: back to our guest star here. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: where do we leave off? Oh, me oh deciding we're almost to, at 30 minutes We decided to go to rehab. All right, let me fast forward a little bit. So, decided to go to rehab. I went to a 30-day program. Um, Take your time. In Illinois. Can I say where? Yeah, you can say where. Gateway, Lake Villa. <laughs> gateway Shout, Shout out, out to out the the Gateway. Gateway, whoop, whoop. gateway graduate. Actually, actually, you know, like, if. It was my first experience with rehab, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was doctors and counselors telling me like what happens to my brain and my bloodstream when I put drugs into my body. But don't <laughs> fucking tell me what the fuck happens to me when you've never done it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's
1: I went that's to Gateway West, and they were all addicts. All the counselors, yes. the counselors. Where, yeah, some of the, the counselors, experience.
3: but the counselors like don't give you their experience because they don't want you to look at them a certain mm-hmm. way which is fine you could tell who who lived it and who right. read it out of a book right
1: i mean you could read about this addiction all you want but until you actually live it
2: you have no clue what this fucking nightmare is like yeah don't be fucking clinical with us right yeah so right. all you all are you uh people who aren't addicts who are going to school to be an addictions counselor don't fucking be clinical Because if you're clinical, you're never going to understand why your Mm -hmm. clients ain't relating to you.
1: And don't get us wrong. We respect you for being out there and wanting to give a fuck about drug addicts like us. You know, I commend you. But it's just have a little more compassion
2: when you talk to us. Go sit in some meetings. Yeah. You know, hear the stories in the open meetings.
1: There's one uh, wannabe, not wannabe. (laughs)
2: <laughs> therapist, and She was
1: like a, a school therapist over there at the gateway. Right. And, of course, we're being used as guinea pigs, and she's trying to fucking, like, get into my psyche on, like, the first session. I almost threw that bitch out the window because I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. Well, there must be a problem you don't want to talk about that get to know me first you even remember my name bitch like, right. Right.
2: how can handy. I even trust you yeah. you know what I'm saying everything I tell you are you gonna go bring this somewhere or are you gonna mm-hmm. you, you know you're gonna write okay. it in your book I,
1: I did tell her in the second session I'm like you know what I got in on the scholarship but I got the state to pay for my shit I don't don't come back but she goes I'm gonna have to tell him that I'm See like no I'm saying, you don't
4: broadcasting live from St. Louis unless oh. I hurt
1: somebody or kill somebody and tell you about that or an in intent
2: right then you can't tell him shit she didn't even know that shit yeah uh. I had good counselors, man, in Gateway. Yeah. It I had a great counselor, Diane. Manics.
3: She was mm-hmm. amazing.
4: And when you went through your Gateway program, was that a 28-day program?
3: 28-day. I completed it in 20 I could program. not wait. Let me reverse a little bit. So sure. when I went into detox, <laughs> detox, um, I went in July 9th of 2015. I went to um, Alexian Brothers Behavioral Health. I knew I was going. You know, I had tried to do every single drug I could possibly do. Like the day before, and uh, when I went in there, my heart rate was like 184 over like 130 or some shit. They thought I was going to fucking, Damn. I mean, it was terrible. So I was detoxing off of uh, pain pills, meth, the Coke, I think a little Molly, you know. Um, I've never seen crack. I've never even seen it, never smoked crack. That's when people ask me what drugs I've done. I say, well, I've never done done crack. <laughs> like, yeah. that's easier, you know. Um, But anyway, so I detoxed for uh, three days. But actually, the day that uh, I went into detox, my mom brought me there with my daughters. um, And I planned going to rehab when my daughters were going to be with my ex-husband for three weeks in summer vacation. You know, so I didn't miss any time with them. Um, And he thought I was going for uh, alcohol and and pills. um, And he found out that I was in there for shooting meth. And so to people that um, don't really understand, which he understands. He's an addict, too, but um, he's in recovery. But when somebody hears that you're shooting drugs rather than just smoking them, snorting them, taking pills, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. People look at you. You're a fucking junkie. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. yes. Um, You've you got diseases. You know, Stigmatized. It's 100%. Uh. So when he found that out, um, he changed his whole mind and uh, decided... He was gonna to go to court and keep my girls, so two weeks into uh, into being at Gateway, I got papers at Gateway. Damn. Yeah, saying that he was keeping my girls. So, at that moment, anything that like I was doing for myself in rehab, which you're supposed to work on yourself, um, was out the fucking window. It was getting my girls back. That's all I fucking gave a shit about. But um. The-
1: I remember when you were. Like towards the end, before you went back into rehab, mm-hmm. you were going to court and mm-hmm. you were struggling hard, and I could bad. see it. But you can't. Oh, bad. You can't really tell uh, nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right. You could try to be there for him, but <coughs> you know you gotta let it right. run its
3: course. Yeah, the guy that uh, the guy that introduced me to the needle. Um, I was still with him when I decided to go into rehab, and um, he actually I wasn't talking to him the day that I went into detox. He didn't want me to go. Um, my mom dropped me off in front of Alexian. I was smoking a cigarette, and I hear my name, and it was him. He was in the parking lot. Wow. And uh, we got into an argument, and he choked me. In the parking lot? and in, in front of um, Alexian Brothers. Yeah, right in that little area where you smoke. He choked me, um, and the receptionist ladies that were sitting there called the police. It was like in the fucking movies. Like, wow. I was escorted in there. He was like a fast getaway. Um <laughs> And it took them, like, two days to catch him, but they caught him, and he went to jail for, like, a week. Yeah. Um, I had no contact with him the entire time I was in uh, Gateway, um, except for one of the girls, like, smuggled a cell phone in two days before I got out. And um, he was the first fucker that I called. Mm. And he answered. Mm. He was out of jail. Um, I had a restraining order against him, so I wasn't even supposed to talk to him. Um, it was so bad because of the choking incident that he had to wear an ankle monitor remember this and i had the (laughs) i had the transponder (laughs) and a cell phone from the government or from the fucking police department that if he were to come within 500 feet of me the police would be notified and then they would call this cell phone i had to carry it with me all the time wow my dumb fucking ass was still seeing him though So I would, like, go stash the transponder somewhere. (laughs) I swear. But uh, trying to get my girls back, I got out of Gateway August 6th of 2015. Um, My court date to get my girls back was August 18th. And I was going there gung-ho, thought I would get them back. I was clean um, because I knew I'd probably have to take a drug test. Went to court, all ready to get my girls back. And the judge is like, no, they're going to stay with their dad. We want to see more clean time. That night, there was a needle in my arm. Wow. Yeah. I think you went to the Hope Without Don't meeting that night. Dude, I was fucked up at like I would usually wait till after the meetings to get fucked up. But um yeah. or you I, would leave
1: halfway through. Yeah. Cleaning, claiming clean, clean time you.
3: I didn't have. I got up to 90 days. I got my 90 day tag. And then I just was like, "Fuck it, I can't do this anymore." But I was still going to meetings and stuff because that's where my friends were, mm-hmm. you know. And like, I wanted to be good and I wanted to be clean.
4: Are you still seeing your ex? That
3: was uh, fuck no. He's in jail. He's in. He's, he's going to okay. be in prison. And how's
4: the kid situation going?
3: The kid situation? They're yeah. still with uh, my ex husband. I see them. Um, Is he in the same town? He's up in like uh, Lake County. Oh,
4: so he's in Illinois.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I went back to rehab. This time I went to South Carolina okay. to a place called the Owl's Nest, which is the most amazing, life-changing experience of my life. Um, I got help from uh, a man in recovery foundation, Tim okay. Ryan. Shout out to those guys. Um, All right. Mike Young, Jason Beatty. But uh, yeah, it was life-changing. Um, I went in February 11th, uh, yesterday, two-day morrow land on the airplane.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. All fucked well, up. You guys Drug don't dogs. remember. That's uh, about fourth day up on... <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Yesterday, tomorrow. Um, yeah. I flew there with my ex-husband's wife. She flew me there. My ex-husband helped get me there. Okay. Um, and it was life-changing. I mean, it was like in the middle of the forest. South Carolina's beautiful. Um, I got a job when I was there. I had to pay my own way there. They don't accept insurance. It's other addicts teaching you how to live. There's no medical staff there. Um... That's what about a, your job out there. Oh yeah, I was a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bartender, dude. That's where I make the money though, and you know, alcohol is no thing for me. I don't. I mean, if I'm gonna relapse, it's not gonna be with alcohol. You know, I could give or take. Alcohol put me in the worst situations I've ever been in because I would black the fuck out. So of course, it's a problem. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> through and through for sure. But um, I'm like, oh, I didn't day drink. Oh, okay, but drinking till five a.m. is that day drinking? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was a bartender. Um, I supported myself while I was out there. Uh, completed treatment. That um, yeah, was, it was 100-
4: another twenty-eight day treatment. No, it was one hundred and twenty days. One hundred and twenty. One hundred and twenty.
3: Oh my God! Yeah, I would. I would recommend if you're an addict like me, um, a thirty day program is like you can't wait to get out of there. Oh, I can't wait to get out of here. For what? The fuck? For what? You know, I mean, like, being in treatment, you need to learn, relearn how to live. You need to relearn how to treat people. You need to relearn how to treat yourself. Learn how to just wake up. Dude, accept things, <laughs> tolerance, love, for real. That, all that shit is real. Just. Okay, so, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That was you know a what, I gotta, part. yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta actually, you know, we were just talking about being in treatment and staying there and learning how to relive and shit, but, um, the second time, before I went to South Carolina, um, I was using, uh, back using in, at the end of August all the way through February 11th. So, in that time, um, I didn't relapse with drink, I didn't drink, I didn't, uh, I didn't do, uh, pain pills, I didn't do shit, all I did was want to shoot meth. And then, um...
1: Well, you were on the
3: uh, Vivitrol I was on Vivitrol. Too. He didn't block with meth. That, Vivitrol blocks opiates and... Uh, alcohol. Receptors for alcohol and opiates, I guess. Well, this sucks if you want to get high. Right. But it yeah. doesn't block meth. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, and then I stopped doing the Vivitrol. Um, and uh, towards the end of that long-ass run, um, the guy that I was with, still with the same guy, um, he would supply the drugs. And... Uh, you know he was a recovering heroin addict, and uh, heroin came back into his life. And I had never—I mean, I snorted heroin once when I was like 16. I got sick as fuck. Um, said I would never do it again, but uh, you know, drugs are drugs. And he brought yeah, you heroin. Could shoot it even you better. Could shoot it right, and uh, so yeah, started shooting heroin. I seem to leave, leave that out, but uh, December 7th was the first day that I shot heroin. Lost my job the next day because it was random drug test day. No, oh. And I was picked out of 300 people. I must have been so. They must have known I was <laughs> yeah. fucked up. But, was um. The
1: clue. <laughs> I yeah. remember one meeting, if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, probably like the last time I seen you, we were at the AC, and, um, you were like, hey, kick my chair if I keep falling asleep. <laughs> oh, shit,
3: yeah. I was using it in the bathroom yep. there, man. And I was kept kicking your chair, and finally I gave up. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. I know. And no, you think, like, cool. people don't know, but. How are you gonna keep it from another addict? You know, we know. Uh, But so the meth for me was always fun. Body needed a break. uh, Looked like hell. Lost a bunch of weight. um, All that shit. But when heroin came, um, I call it heroin, meth and heroin in the same needle. Mm. Uh, Yeah, that in itself, heroin was the the quickest uh, soul stealing drug. I mean, experience I've ever had in my life. It was so quick. It destroyed anything that was left of me of my boyfriend of um anything i I didn't give a shit about anything nothing all i cared about was setting up and banging shit that's Mm it um but yeah so uh he went to jail uh a week before i went to rehab um for retail theft you know we'd, we'd go steal shit from the big boosting and you know i'd go return it or somebody go return it finally home depot caught on does this sound common to anyone out there (laughs) right so uh that was like me i would be like the ride or die bitch i guess because i mean you could i'll do whatever you know to help out but i would never actually go get the drugs you know so when he went to jail my supply was cut off um and living that way supplying getting my own shit was way fucking harder way harder um and uh finally uh you know i went to court again for a status i knew how to clean up for court to take piss tests and that day they were like we want a hair sample test and i was like oh fuck shit. and then i came clean with everything they court ordered me to go to Haymarket. i decided to go to south carolina the next day and a uh, life-changing experience God, um, bless, God, God bless. God bless. Yeah,
1: you got a tattoo
3: of it on your own. Yeah, I do. Oh, see everybody?
2: woo <laughs>
3: Florence, South Carolina saved my life. Um, and now living sober, everything that I've lost, my daughters, um, and accepting it and living with, like, the pain and the sorrow, being sober. I wasn't sober before. I always had that. You know, I would, I would, I knew my daughters were gone, but I was still getting fucked up. You know, uh, but now completely sober, um, getting back into my daughter's lives. I see them, uh, twice a week supervised, which is so embarrassing. It's socially unacceptable for women to be like the part-time parent. It's more, I mean, I'm trying to say it's more socially acceptable for men, you know, to be, the weekend dads and you know which it is that's the norm that's, that's the, the norm, norm yeah. so to, and I always thought women that didn't have their kids were trash complete trash and now living it um, I've got my experience and I mean help, me helping other people experience, you know sharing my experience and shit especially to women or young girls um, that are dealing with addiction and all this shit it's like I mean I just hope that like my story can help someone you know? Yeah,
4: well, that's, that's our hope here. Yeah, it's one hell of a story. I'll tell you that. It is a great story, and it's a female point of view, which a couple of our Planet Sober listeners or Planet Sober members actually asked for us to uh, get a female in here. I guess it was turning into a sausage factory for a minute. Sausage
3: fest. <laughs> so we're
4: kind of happy to have her here, and uh, I hope that a lot of you younger girls can relate as she went through her younger periods and some of the
2: triggers and <laughs> <Younger> actions, <periods. laughs> <Yeah>. and, and <laughs> any woman can relate, any well, man can I mean, relate. I mean, the
4: start, the yeah. start is always the say, you know, we, we drank from our dad's liquor cabinet or mom smoked pot and we grabbed I a mean, little of that. And and the journey just doesn't stop there. The journey just, you know, coagulates and gets bigger and explodes and expands and-
1: It gets I, worse, it'll, it'll, it'll trick you at first re- thinking, oh, it's this only is boo-hoo. so much fun. And I got it under control. It'll trick you. I mean you. Is that why they call it cunning, baffling, and powerful? Yes. That would explain it. Right. Situations
3: yeah. that used to baffle us. Yes. We can we can actually handle now.
2: Those people know what they were talking about. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I live
3: by the by the big book. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And I can't read worth a shit, but this thing I've read, like, five times, front to back. All right, And I've got it all highlighted and all that shit. But I just want to say to anybody that's, like, um, feels like a piece of shit or a junkie or whatever the fuck people want to call us, guess what? I was good as fuck at what I did. Uh, Not many people could survive with no money and still get high and fucking deal with shit. But, um, you know, we're good people. And when you're in recovery, becoming honest with yourself and other people makes you feel good about yourself. Just when you think like you're a piece of shit, things that you've done can't be reversed, they can't be reversed. You can't change the past, but you can live and do things in your life to make a better future for you and the people around you.
1: Yeah, you can amend the
4: past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, up, que- another question I have for you, Teresa, here, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, what positive. Uh, And when I say positive, I mean, you know, you've been clean for however long. What positive things do you see going in a positive direction? I don't mean immediately Mm -hmm. positive, but what do you feel that's a positive uh, influence going forward?
3: Um, I just, I feel being honest um, day to day. I mean, being honest with people and myself makes you feel better. Even if it's, you know, the sad truth about things, you know, I just, I feel like, you know, I just had a job interview today, a real job, uh, which is looking good. That's Um, positive. That's great. That's positive. Um, Just, you know, like helping other people, um, going to meetings, getting service positions. um, You know, Brandon's been a friend of mine for a long ass time, and I know he will be for, you know, continuing. That's positive also. As long -hmm. as we can stay sober, you know, and I would never turn my back on an addict that relapses. Uh, but don't put that shit in my face. You know, mm-hmm. I will help you um, as long as you want the help, you know. Um, and just, you know, regaining trust and actually feeling feelings is amazing. Even if you're depressed or sad, you know you're doing the right thing. And um, there's no better feeling than being close with like your higher power um, for real. That shit's real too. They teach you that. And before I learned all this shit, I was like shut the fuck up shut up big book what <laughs> like people saying things out of the big book and they all make sense to me now you know i've gone yeah. through my steps twice i'm in the process of going through them again wow um we got an awesome sponsor
1: cool that's funny you say that too because when i first started coming around i started hearing all these like no one's too many thousands never enough and a bunch of quotes good thing about our feelings is We get feelings back. Bad thing about our feelings is we get our feelings back. Like, all the little cliches in the rooms. At first, I was like, fuck you. shove those sayings up your ass. But now I catch myself on a daily basis saying those exact same things, those cliches.
3: Right. And for anybody that's struggling, too, with, like, their family leaving and, um, you know, you saying, I want to get clean for my kids. I want to get clean for my wife. I want to get clean for my parents. If you don't do it for yourself, if you're not good with yourself, you ain't shit to anybody. There it is. For Mm -hmm. real. Um... And I have this this page in the book, actually page 99 of the big book. I'm gonna read this. I read it at every meeting almost. I love it. It's at the bottom of page 99. I live by this. I read it when I'm sad or whatever feeling sad about my girls. But uh, it says let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. Don't ever do this shit for anybody except yourself. Mm. For real. You work on yourself, get good with yourself, and then you can regain the things that you've lost. that's, that's you, so, you may so never. True. You may never. I've accepted the fact that my daughters may never live with me again. Um, and you know, accepting that as a woman. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. That's like living hell for real. But, you know, it's all the fucking repercussions of my actions. The world doesn't stop revolving because Teresa decides to come back from rehab again. Yeah. You know? So.
2: Yeah, a lot of us, we, uh, that's when we get our feelings hurt. When we're like, you know, we do all this work and then it doesn't turn out how we were hoping right. it would turn out. But then that's where that whole thing comes back. Life on life's terms. Right. You know, there's people who aren't addicts who just have shitty freaking days or shitty right. situations. They don't get fucked up over it.
3: Right. Yeah. Just like normal, the quote unquote normal people don't understand why we can't stop. You know, it's a fucking disease. We're going to battle it our whole lives you know like i don't understand problems that people have like i don't know worrying about fucking paying bills and being on time and shit (laughs) just like they don't understand why i would stick a needle in my arm like Mm -hmm. it's okay to not understand people but you know shit i mean
1: you gotta be open-minded when it comes to this disease can't be closed-minded at all
2: a dog chasing his fucking tail What's worse, a dog chasing his tail or watching a fucking dog chase his tail, you know? I <laughs> think it's obsession. funny every time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I know? have to watch. That's an, that's me as an addict. I yeah. chase the fucking tail. Yeah. You know, in a circle. Doesn't even move. I
3: just...
2: Yep. Although I couldn't tell you what that felt like for a long time. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> okay, at this time, <clears throat> <from> Sober Joe... <throat>
2: Promo Joe.
4: Promo Joe is going to hit you up and let you know what's going on. Okay, first of all, our podcast, we want to thank each and every person who listens to it. Please don't forget to rate, review, follow, like, comment. Tell your friends, parents, teachers, associates, preachers. Therapists. Tell the guy at the Burger King (laughs) drive-thru.
2: Whatever you can
4: do to help out is appreciated. Then we want to mention, we have a Planet Sober group. It's on Facebook, easy to find. We have a Planet Sober prayer group on Facebook, easy to find. We have a Planet Sober Twitter account. We have a Planet Sober Instagram account. We also need material and content for our podcast. That's what you're listening to now, folks. Material and content, what is that? That's tell us your stories, tell us your poems. Send us in the song that you wrote. Send us in something of your mom screaming at you. We don't care what you send mm-hmm. in. It's possible to get on to our next show or one of our future episodes. Now, where do you send that? You send that to planetsober at gmail.com. Okay, I'm done pimping.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is the freaking fastest he's ever done that. Yes.
4: Did I mention?
2: You know what? That's because you're, you, you know what? I like that, man. That's You know what I'm saying? You're working on it.
4: Short, sweet. Did I mention, our podcast is <laughs> airing <laughs> Yo. every Tuesday and Thursday. Do not forget to listen. If you subscribe, you will be <laughs> notified automatically. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I knew a list I, had I to had be had in there. Google. And,
2: say something, didn't I? Yeah.
4: and I believe it's even live on our Facebook page. It's called Planet Sober. Um, Hi, it was
2: cute the first time. I'm going to start keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> i believe that when I see
1: no, it.
3: Thank you guys for listening. Uh hey, what's up? This is Teresa. This is the part on Planet Sober where Planet Sober rocks. And this uh featured artist we have, he's a sober artist named Prophet Levi. And this is his song called On the Border. Enjoy it, motherfuckers. <laughs> nice! <laughs>
0: I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border. I'm a up North Florida, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border right next to South Georgia, boy. From Tallahassee to BC, a short ride. A couple miles to the florida border borderline. The gunshine state representing Hammer Time. And when the toll comes out, you're a pantomime. And what you know about the state line, Georgia sign. Cause North Florida is the only type of state of mind. And when they get you riding dirty, you gon' pay the fine. We're riding bow ties, Chevy, just a waste of time. I hope you know what. I'm ready, I've been making mine For a long time steady and my fate blind And all you cowards give me power when you're hating mine I'm in the mud where the trees are all made of pine I'm on the border, boy I'm on the border, boy I'm on the border I'm up north, Florida, boy I'm on the border, boy I'm on the border, boy I'm on the border Right next to South Georgia, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, i up north, Florida, boy. I'm, border, boy. I'm border, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, right next to South Georgia, boy. I'm in North Florida, headed to middle Georgia. Where yeah. yeah. the bridge sticky, feeling the Georgia order. Hey. People stop and stare, whips they never see Cause who I hustle, you suckers, they don't know what it means. My music ringing from the windows to the onlookers. From the rich folks down to the crack cookers. I'm a DSGB, you see. Still rapping while I'm from me something to me in the backwoods, dogs, still close to the coast. The ones doing good, probably moving the most. I've been all over the map, kill am trying to grind, but ain't nothing like the Georgia state line. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, I'm up North Florida, boy. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, right next to South Georgia, boy. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, I'm up north Florida, boy. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border right next to South Georgia, boy Head honcho, I'm a chief lake, rap for Seminole Find me hiding from the heat in my favorite swimming hole With the fishing pole, for some leisurely activities Deja vu, wait a minute, now that you remember me All you did was hinder me I'm past the moon and I'm headed out to Tennessee Street For a drink, when I call my kinfolk and never even blink We done seen it all, everything, in the kitchen sink. So you think, to be the man of the streets I ain't trying to be the one that's laying under sheets And you know that that can happen anywhere to you go, so check your friends and keep your enemies close. Cause when the shit hits the fan, they all tend to be ghosts. And if you gotta do the time, they won't even send a nose. So if you're living on the border, then I bet you probably know that the South is more than style and it's living in your soul. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, I'm up north Florida boy. I'm on the border, boy, I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, right next to South Georgia, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the border, I'm up north Florida, boy. I'm on the border, boy. I'm on the I'm on the border right next to South Georgia boy
4: Don't forget to rate, review, like, comment on all our podcast episodes. Yeah, Stitcher, that we SoundCloud, iTunes. iTunes.
1: Please comment and uh, like it because it bumps us up, and we want more people to listen to the podcast. Because yeah. also,
4: we're number one on Stitcher's front page. So let's Ooh, stay nice. there, people. Number one on what's hot.
1: All right, number one. That's yeah. how we like it. Planet sober, clean, and serene. We're rolling. <laughs> we gotta leave you right now. We'll talk to you in the next podcast. Uh, talk to you on the planet.
4: And as, and as we w- like to always end our podcast with much, much love. love. Uh.
0: Yeah.
4: That's a